I know some of you are doing some good things this summer, so who uh, who's going somewhere cool? Who's going somewhere this summer? See, where are you going? We're leaving for Eminence, Missouri on Friday. What's Eminence, Missouri? It sounds like a, that's a really cool name for a town, isn't it? Like <laughs> Eminence. All right, what else? What else are we going? You going to Oregon this summer? No. Who's going, to, who's going the farthest? Who's traveling the farthest? Where are you going? Going to Honduras. Honduras. That is, are you going for a mission trip? Uh, my aunt's a full-time missionary there. We're going to visit her. That is great. Honduras is winning. I'm going to Alaska this summer. Mm-hmm. With just my daughter, one of my oldest daughter. Yeah, right? So here's the story of how that happens. Like, I turned 40 this year. I know that's hard to believe because I look like I'm in my 20s, but you know. Uh, I turned 40 and I hate birthdays. Most guys hate birthdays. And everybody, I'm a principal of a school, so I have like five, you know, I have 90 females that work with me or for me. So they all, I know, want to do something embarrassing. My wife, my kids want to embarrass me. So I said, all I want for my 40th is to go to Alaska and just like go kayaking and hang out in the woods. And so my, my brother who lives in Alaska bought me a plane ticket. So I'm going to go hide out for like my 40th birthday and hopefully not lose my mind and act crazy. Um, I'm big on, on like sharing. I think this is a cool group because um, you guys are all, I don't know how old you are, anywhere from like 18 to... 39. 39. Me, right? I'm the oldest. They're young. So this is a cool group because you guys have been at college. Some of you have been here and you come back for the summer. But what I like about this group is you guys are basically in your 18s or, or 19s or you're in your 20s, early 30s, and you're at a Bible class on Sunday morning by choice. So I say kudos to you. Good job. And, and I, I guarantee you, all of you guys have a, a cool testimony, and I would love to hear them sometime. I'm a believer that like our testimony is the most important thing that, that we can share with people, because when you ask somebody to share their testimony or to just talk about themselves, you get like a, a picture into their who they are. You know, I interview people all the time. <coughs> and the first question I always ask is, Something like, just tell me about yourself, or what's your story? And you'd be amazed at, at, at the answers I get when I ask that. People just love talking about themselves, right? And, and you know, some, I've heard everything from, like, uh, from childhood to, like, the death of their parent to some people are real short. But whenever I ask that question, I feel like I get just, like, an inside and insight into who these people are. And I learn more from that first question than any educational question I could ask like what's your philosophy of education like anybody can memorize that but when you say who are you tell me about who you are people just kind of share and it's so good to hear who people are and so I hope you guys do that with each other I hope at MT um, what do we call it MT 316 uh, I hope you guys spend time doing that because it's just so impactful so today after I make you talk a little bit I'm gonna just share my testimony because uh, I know I've taught this class before, and I'm going to spend the next two months with you. And I was, I was talking to a couple of our leaders, and I thought, have I ever shared my testimony? And, and we don't think I have, so if I have, just, you know, smile and, and, sh and just act like you're interested. Um, 
But I think it's important for you guys to hear my testimony just so you know where I'm coming from and so you know, um, you know, maybe it encourages you or whatnot. But before we do that, I want you guys to talk a little bit because I think community is one of the most important things. So, like I met a dude named Boaz today that I was told is here from Africa, right? What part? West Africa. And then I talked to her and I realized she dresses up like Tatiana and gets paid, what's her name? It's not Tatiana. Princess Tiana. Princess Tiana. I don't know my princesses. Like, wow, I'm sorry. I'll answer all your woes. So, Princess Tiana, and she gets paid to do it. Like, that's her job. I think that's the greatest job ever. I look, dude. You could be like Prince Charming and go do that too. So, you get paid. Do you get paid good? You get paid good money to be Tatiana. Oh yeah. Tiana. Tiana. Who is Tatiana? I think that's a kid at my school. <laughs> Tiana. Yes. I never watched that one because I don't know. I, I didn't get into that one. All right. So she'll tell us. So, like, I learned cool things in just five minutes in this class. So here's what we're going to do. I want you guys, you're all sitting with a group for the most part. I want you guys to, to share what your hometown is. And hopefully it's not all Murfreesboro. <laughs> is it all Murfreesboro? Okay. And then, like, what you think is the most unique thing about your hometown, okay? So, like, for instance, my wife is from Kokomo, Indiana. Has anybody ever been to Kokomo, Indiana? They have something called the Stump and the Steer there. And she brought me there, and I thought, you got to be kidding me. This is your tourist attraction? And really, it's just a giant tree stump and a giant stuffed... Uh, cow or bull and it's called the stump and the steer but when I tell you that steer is freaking huge it's huge like it's the biggest steer I've ever seen and the stump is pretty cool too but you know I've been to the redwoods so it's not that big but you know that's what makes their town unique so talk to each other your hometown and what is the unique thing about your hometown go Alright, who has the most unique, who learned about a unique hometown? Don't share about your hometown. Who learned about a unique hometown? Go ahead. Where is it? Are you from Africa? She's from Africa too. Uh, what part? Wow. So that is super unique. What is the most unique part about being from Africa? What's the most unique thing about your hometown? Yeah, I grew up next to a gold mine. She grew up next to a gold mine. That's exciting. And I watch those kind of shows, so I bet, you know, like, were they gold mine on TV? By the way, if I say anything that offends you, just ignore it. Um, anything else? Any other unique sm towns? Or you s kind of seem like you had something unique. Uh, I'm from Woodbury. Woodbury, yeah. yeah. And you made it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I'm from Woodbury, and I guess yeah. something unique we have is Short Mountain Bible Camp. That's true. So, yeah. There's a whole lot on Short Mountain. Um, what else? Go ahead. He's from, what's that again? McKenna Faso. McKenna Faso. And what's something cool about that city? <laughs> what's something unique about where you're from, Boaz? Yeah, no, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing you for a loop. Well, say the name of your city. What's it called? It's a country. Burkina. Burkina? <laughs> I can't. You laugh at me again, I'm going to get you. All right. 
Love, Perfect. Love it. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other neat small towns? Toledo, Ohio. And what's what's neat about Toledo, Ohio? Uh, it was part of Michigan, part of Ohio, and they had a bottle of the Gallic. And Ohio won, huh? <laughs> what was the last one? Ohio lost. Uh, Ohio lost. <laughs> That's one of those jokes that you only get if you're, you're from Toledo, right? <laughs> Alright, so anything else? Any other neat things you've learned? My hometown is Nashville. I'm from Nashville. Um, and there's a lot of like a lot of cool things about Nashville. I actually am from Antioch, so not even Nashville, but um, you know I grew up close to the dam and went swimming at Percy Priest Lake, and now I'm here. So I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna share my story. So this is gonna be the one class where I do most of the talking, and I hope it is interesting, and I hope you learn and gain from it. If you have any questions, ask me. <coughs> but. Uh, a little bit about myself. So right now, I'm a principal of an elementary school down the street. So my daily life is crazy. Like, you never know what. That is a fun job. If you want to go into, like, a career that keeps you energized, go into education because you never know what you're going to be doing. Uh, and so I love my job. I have three wonderful kids, a beautiful wife. Uh, right now, we actually have a fourth kid living with us as of last night, a little sweet Maya. Um, I think I taught this class last year and we had, at the end of class, we had taken a little kid in from sort of foster care and she stayed with us for three weeks and we just got a call this past week that she needed to come stay with us again. So she came last night and we're going to have her in our house for a while. So right now I have four kids. So if any of you want to babysit, that's not a joke. Um, feel free. She's fun. I'm not a great speaker, I'll say that. I'm not a great teacher. Um, and, and I'm just kind of as smart as like your average guy. And, and I'm good with that, you know, like I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am. What I, what I lack for in like those areas, I think I make up for in passion, I'm, I'm very passionate. Um, you know, I'm passionate about God. Like I love my relationship with God and, and, and I just, I'm very passionate about that. Passionate about my family. Like, I think I have the most beautiful kids in the world and, and just love them to pieces. I'm passionate about my career. Like, I want to be known as, like, the greatest principal ever because of what I do for kids, not because of who I am. But I love what my job is. And I'm passionate about, like, young people. And you guys would be considered young people. Like, I think I'm older than all of you, except for the people in the very back. Um, but I, I'm passionate about young people. And, and, and here's why, y'all. Like, growing up, I honestly did not have a lot of good role models. Like, I grew up down the street in, in Antioch. And, and uh, as a kid, I never once read the Bible, never once prayed. Um, that just wasn't part of my life. That wasn't part of who I was or, or who my family was. And, and you know, I can remember uh, as a kid going to like the Catholic church with my mom every now and then, but, but I kind of stopped um, when I was like 11 or 12. So, so my childhood was, was fun, sort of, but, but there was a lot of, of uh, like trauma, sort of, in my, my family. And so my, my childhood was not the easiest childhood, but, you know, it's positive, I guess. Um, but I didn't have Christ in my life at all. And honestly, I didn't want Christ in my life. I had no desire for it. So I, as I grew up, I, I, I kind of 
became very worldly. You know, when I was younger I, or in high school, I, I just kind of honestly fell off like the cliff when it comes to good living. Um, I moved to Alaska. That's why I'm going there when I was in, in high school. And, and you know, there's, there was a lot of negative influences up there when I got there. And I jumped all in, you know, and, and because I'm on camera and I'm an elementary principal, I'm not going to share like everything and there's no need to, but, but, but I just got really lost guys. Like I was, a, I was not a good person. Um, you know, if there was like a bad crowd in Juneau, Alaska, where I lived, I was the leader of that bad crowd. You know, like there's my mom's best friends wouldn't let me hang out with their kids because they just knew I was not nice. And one of the things that I, I, I kind of mourn a little bit is I didn't treat Christians nice back then. And, and I don't know why. There was a small group of Christians, and I've shared my FCA story in this group, I think. But I just wasn't nice to them. And, and I think the reason was is because um, I felt bad compared to them. Does that make sense? Like, I felt like they were better than me. Not that they felt like they were better than me, but I felt like they were better than me. So I decided I didn't like those people. So... I was just kind of all around not a good guy. I went to college and, and just kind of stayed in that same lifestyle. I was the same age as most of y'all, like 22, 23, and, and my life was just lost. I was the most lost person you'll ever meet. I was, you know, living in Alaska and Oregon and having a great time. I thought, like, just, I was all about myself. Whatever pleasures I could get, whatever fun I could have, it was all about myself, but, but I found that I was just becoming lost. Uh, and, and I always say this, like, when I look back on my life, there's all these times where God can just see God, like, trying to grab me and be like, Adam, what are you doing? Like, wake up. And putting people in my life to, to impact me. And, and it took, like, a warm, sunny day that I'm going to tell you about in Juneau, Alaska, for me to actually open my eyes. See, I, I'll never forget this day. I was 22 at the time. And, and when I say I was just, uh, the fact that I survived that time is crazy, but, but I was just living a life that was not healthy. And, and, but I was having fun, like I said, and, and I, I was working as a kayak guide in the summer. So my job was to take tourists kayaking around in this beautiful cove in Alaska from like seven in the morning till seven at night. And we'd look at whales and sea lions and see, it was the easiest job ever. Um, and I, and I enjoyed it, but I did it all the time. If there was a cruise ship in town, I was taking people kayaking. And, and I ran this little operation um, and had a couple other guides, but it was just a busy, busy time. But it was fun. Uh, and I'll never forget, there was one day that there was no cruise ships in town. And, and so that was going to be like my one day off this, that summer. So I'm thinking, I cannot wait. So I was living with my brother who lives in Alaska, and he had this movie. This is going to date myself. It was called Black Hawk Down. Have you all ever seen that? Like, that movie had just come out. Um, and all I wanted to do was watch that movie. And so all summer, I'm like, I can't wait till I can watch Black Hawk Down. I don't know why I wanted to see it so bad. So I was like, all right, tomorrow I'm watching Black Hawk Down. That was like my, my plans for the day. Of course, that night, my best friend Paul calls me and he's like, hey, Adam, we got a group that wants to go kayaking tomorrow for fun. Can we go have a bonfire and, and just kind of hang out? And I was like, dude, really, you want me to go kayaking on my day off? And he said, yes. So I agreed. And so we got decided we're going to go kayaking on our day off. So that morning at 8 o'clock, I'm, I'm all mad because um, I get talked into go kayaking on my day off. 
we get to the place where my boats are and there's like four girls, a few guys. And I tell them, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put y'all in boats, kayak across to this island and I gotta repair a couple kayaks and then I'll come join you and we'll just have a great day. We had hot dogs and we're, you know, in Alaska, there's not a lot to do. So you just find like pretty beaches and you build a fire and, and that's what you do. You know I mean? It's, it's just what you do and, and fish and whatnot. It's really fun. But so we were gonna build a fire, eat hot dogs and just hang out. <clears throat> so I sent them across and I get to working on kayaks and after about 30 minutes I, I'm like alright it's time for me to paddle so I, I, I just want to describe the day like it was a beautiful day southeast Alaska where I lived um, like the high in the summer is like 60 degrees so it's not a very warm place and it rains three out of every four days it's a rainforest so it's always raining but this day was like the most beautiful day I can ever remember. I, I remember standing on the beach, and, and you're in Alaska, so you have mountains just everywhere surrounding you. And, and there's this like cove, this ocean water in front of where my kayaks are, and across the way is like an island, and then out this way is like the open ocean that sucks you out to like the Bering Sea, you don't wanna go out there. But it's just this beautiful area, and I remember that morning, like the, the, the water was just flat as like ice, because there was no wind. And the sun was shining, it was 72 degrees, which is like a heat wave in Juneau. It was the most beautiful day it, we probably had all summer. And I was just like, you know what? I'm glad my buddy talked me into kayaking this morning because this is just perfect. So I jump in the kayak because I was young and, and indestructible. I just jumped in. And in, in Alaska, if you have a sea kayak, you have these things like a thing called a spray skirt, right? That you put around and it keeps water from getting in your boat. Well, I didn't need one of those because it was so beautiful that day. So I didn't put a spray skirt on. And, and then there's this like new invention called life vests, right? That kept, help you float. Well, I didn't put one of those on because I didn't even think about it because it was so calm and perfect that day. So I just jump in the kayak and I'm like, this is awesome. So I'm paddling across, just enjoying it. And, and I can remember just like putting my hands in the water and just, just floating along. And it was just like this sense of like peace and happiness. And it was just a great day. Well, if you've ever watched like the uh, Deadliest Catch or any of those shows, Alaska's weird, like the weather can flip on a dime. So it, it, it could go from like being calm to crazy in like 10 seconds. So I'm paddling on this, this water and, and before I know it, the wind kind of picks up a little bit and I, and I start to get into some waves, but I've been doing this for the past three summers, it's not a big deal. So I start kind of, you can surf the waves, you know, so I'm surfing the waves, having a good time and not really thinking anything of it. It was just another day on the water. <coughs> and, uh, you know, about five minutes into it, the wind picks up a little bit more. And before I know it, there's like white caps, which are waves that have white on the top because they're higher. And so there's white caps in there. So I'm like, all right, it's starting to get a little bit big. I need to go ahead and paddle across to my buddies before, you know, it gets a little too crazy. So I start paddling and, and, and all of a sudden the wind just picks up. And, and I said, like, we left from here and there's an island over here, open ocean over here, and the wind's kind of blowing this way. So I find myself kind of getting pushed out towards the sea, which is really scary in a kayak, especially when you don't have a life vest on. Um, so I start kind of getting pushed out to the sea. I'm like, all right, I gotta like actually man up because it's serious now. So I start paddling as hard as I can and I'm going over these waves and every time I go over a wave, like this freezing cold water was crashing on me and going into my boat and, and uh, it was cold. You know, that was the coldest I've ever been and I'm, I'm paddling hard and going over waves and you know, waves are splashing on top of me. And I realized that, that I'm not gonna make it to that island because the wind is, is working too hard against me. It's gonna push me out. So I turn around, I'm like, all right, I just gotta paddle back to shore and just 
make it. So I turn around, I start paddling, and just the, the, the weirdness of the wave, I was, I was, of the wind, I was paddling against the wind, so it was like every time I paddled, the wind would push me back, and, and I'm going over these huge waves and splashing, and, and water's coming over the top of me and into my boat, and I look down, and there's like six inches of water in my kayak, and, and at this point, I'm like, all right, this is, this is not good. Like, this is how people die in Alaska, right? This is not a good situation. So, so I start paddling as hard as I can and, and I'm just not moving. And so it's at this point where I like have a panic attack and I'm like, I'm about to die, y'all. And so here I am in the middle of Alaska in this cove in a tiny kayak and I just set my paddle down and I can remember, I'll never forget, for the first time in my life I found myself praying. Like I'd never prayed, ever. It just wasn't something I did, but at 22, this like independent man who didn't need anybody and was just all about himself. Here I was in a kayak and I just set this, this, the paddle down and I, and I found myself praying. And, and when I say like praying, it was probably the most unique prayer that I've ever done and anybody's probably would have ever experienced because I was yelling. I, you know, I set the paddle down and the wind is just, just howling. And so I just start yelling because I wanted God to hear me. And I'll never forget, I just start yelling, God! help me you know and I'm yelling this like prayer like this primal like yell is just coming out of me God I know I have never talked to you before and I start doing all those things you hear but if you get me ooh, out of this situation I'll, I'll change you know and I'm doing all that but I'm just yelling and crying and and for probably five minutes just yelling to God not yelling at God I'm not that disrespectful but yelling to God just help me out of this situation and I remember putting my paddle down and just like looking up. And, and the boats where I'm trying to go are here and the beach is this way and there's a group that had built a fire. Again, people build fires in Alaska. Had built a fire and were fishing down the, down the way on the beach. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna aim to that fire and I'm gonna paddle till I get there or till I die trying. So I just start paddling with you know, water in my boat freezing, can't feel my arms, I start paddling. I don't know how long I was out there. It felt like a day, but it was probably like 25 minutes. And finally I get close to this, this, this group of people that, that are hanging out on the beach. And they see me by this point and they're, they're waiting on the beach. And, and, and I you know, just kind of cruised up and crashed onto the shore. And this big dude like picked me up out of the kayak and they knew I was not in good, good condition. And they, they just carried me over to the fire and put a blanket around me. And I, and I just stood by this fire for so long and, and I have this blanket around me and it's so hard to explain the feeling of that fire. But think about it, here I go from being like freezing, hypothermia coming, gonna die in like this ocean in Alaska to I'm on the, the shore and I have this blanket wrapped around me and that heat that I, that I felt from that fire was the greatest feeling I'd ever felt in my life. It like warmed me from the inside out, like my bones were drying. It was just this amazing feeling. And I, those guys just left me alone. Like they knew I needed a minute because I had almost died. And so I just remember just standing by that fire and uh, you know, just loving every minute of it. And you think like, I went and jumped into a, a, the baptismal after that and was like, I'm done, here I am. <laughs> You know, but, but I didn't. Like, I, I just stayed who I was. Like, I kept kind of living my life how I was living. But that, that moment stuck with me. Like, I, why did you pray to God then? Like, you never needed him before. Why, why then? 
Why, why at that moment did you decide that's when you need to ask God for help? And that kind of stuck with me. So, you know, school time comes and I've got to check my time. We're good. School time comes and I, I moved back to, to, to MTSU because I was this guy that was going to college at MTSU and spending my summers in Alaska, which is so random. But I come back to MTSU, go into school, and uh, that's when I met the person that led me to change my life. As Sarah. So my wife now is Sarah. She was not my wife at the time, but I met Sarah and uh, and there was just something different about Sarah, y'all. Like I grew up, like I said, in Antioch in like the buckle of the, the Bible belt and knew plenty of people that, that called themselves Christians, but there was never anybody where I was like, Oh yeah, like I wanna I wanna experience what you are talking about. It was more like, oh okay, you're doing your thing, that's cool. But Sarah was different. Like she talked the talk but she walked the walk as well. Like, that's why I married her. And, and it keeps on, like, here, guys, we have a, a random kid living with us, not because of me, because of my wife. Like, if it was up to me, I'd be chilling this summer. But that's my wife, and that's why I married her. So, but that's just who she is. And so I saw that from the get-go. Like, I, I knew there was something different about her, and I wanted... <laughs> I almost said something that would have come out wrong. I wanted to know a piece of what Sarah had and I wanted that like unique things she had and I didn't know what it was and so I she invited me to go to church I got I wrote notes down so I won't forget and I'm way off my notes so she invited me to go to church and uh, I grew up in Antioch I'd been invited to go to church by girls and I'm not good-looking but that's just what happens by girls for like my whole life growing up like come to church with me no that's okay but when Sarah asked me, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. And, and so I went to church with her, and uh, I'll never forget, the first three weeks, I didn't do anything except look at people's shoes. Because I grew up, we grew up poor. Like, I didn't have a lot in, in, in growing up. Like, we were pretty poor, and uh, I'd never owned dress shoes before. And, and Sarah brings me to this church, Brentwood Hills, which is a great church. Like, I love that church, but Sarah brings me to it. And all I did was look at people's shoes because I'd never seen so many like nice dress shoes and it made me so uncomfortable. And uh, I almost went out and bought a pair of dress shoes, but um, I was in college, I couldn't afford that. So when I finally started listening to the sermon, I promise you, like God was speaking to me through that preacher. Like I, there's no other way around it. Like I think nobody else was, was getting anything out of those sermons except for me because it was like he was speaking directly to me. It was just so amazing. And so I started, like, getting involved with this church. And a group of guys kind of took me under their wings. And, and I'd, I'd had friends my whole life, but this was the first group of guys that I can say they truly wanted what was best for me. Like, other people wanted to have fun with me. These guys wanted what was best for me. And it, there was just something special about them. Like, I found out later they set up, like, this, this guy's devotional on Tuesday nights. They made it sound like they had been doing it for years. But they started it for me. I only came like one out of every four times because I thought they were doing it anyways. They met every week because if I was going to come, they wanted to be there to, to, to help me. You know, Sarah, who was not even my girlfriend at the time, asked me if I wanted to read the Bible. And, and I said yes. So we started studying the Bible. And she asked, it was my choice what we wanted to study. And I picked Revelations because that's at the end. Now, looking at it, have y'all ever read the book of Revelations? Like, I still don't know what it means. But here she was trying to explain what the guy with, like, feathers coming. I don't know. I can't even remember half the stuff in Revelations. But that's what we study. And, and I found myself truly, truly changing. 
And there's so many like little moments in, in, in my life after this where God is like, hey, dude, you know, wake up. And that, that he's trying to get my attention that I could share because <coughs> I'm hard-headed. It took me a lot. But, but one night, um, I had gone and played volleyball with a group of people at Brentwood Hills. And just something was with me. And I started praying and praying and praying. And, and, and it just hit me at 10.30 at night. I'm, I need to commit my life to Christ. And so I call Sarah. I call like this dude Joey who had become a good friend. We called an elder. And at 11.30 at night, I get baptized in Brentwood Hills baptismal. And, and it was like the greatest moment of, not like, it was the greatest moment of my life. And, and I'll never forget coming out of that water like, I was crying like a little baby. I don't know the last time I cried before that, and I don't know if I've cried since that. But when I came out of that water, I was just bawling. And, and here's why. Because I had been so bogged down with, like, this, with evil. Like, evil had, had, had consumed me. And, and for the first time in my life, that was gone. And, and, like, I was just living this life of, like, anger and, and feeling unsafe and not knowing, you know, where I was headed. And for the first time, I felt safe in my life. And, and that was a good feeling. And, and, and so, you know, that's kind of where I ended up. And, and I'll never forget just sitting there thinking, and over a year, in about one year's time, I went from being this guy that hated Christianity, that, that truly hated women, if I'm going to, like, be honest. Yeah. And, and probably hated myself a little bit and was just terrible to a guy that was living for Jesus. And, and, and when, I, when, I, when that all hit me, like, the, just the emotions that came to me were, were amazing. And, and I connect it to, to the kayak story. Like, I feel like that kayaking story is an illustration of my life. Like, when I started off on that journey, you know, I didn't have a lot of protection, right? I was just in the boat because it was calm. And, and life was just chill, you know, and just flat as glass. And, and, and kind of like my life, when I started, it was cool. And then I kind of got into the waves, right? Like, the waves of life. And, and I was having fun on it, surfing it. It was a little dangerous, but it was exciting. But before I knew it, the waves were overtaking me. And, and I couldn't, couldn't survive, right? And so... Um, I needed Jesus. And, and I'll tell you this, that feeling that I described when I, when I got out of that kayak and stood by the fire is the same feeling I experienced when I, when I committed my life to Christ. That same feeling of just that warmth that was like heating me up from the inside out. Um, that, that same feeling of just knowing I was safe for the first time is, is the exact same feeling. And I remember just standing out of that water and just being like, it's all going to be good. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons my wife and I decided that forever. If I ever get the opportunity, I said, I don't, I don't have good teaching skills. I'm not an amazing speaker. I'm not like a skidmore, but I'm passionate because, y'all, I should have died that day. I mean, really, like, I should have died. I mean, there was so much water in my kayak that the fact that I was able to move it through the water is just a miracle. Um, and, and, I, and, you know, I look back and I think it's funny, like, I prayed and I'm yelling to God and then I put my paddle down and I look up at this fire. Like, never once I think, well, God answered my prayer. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go paddle towards that fire. 
But but it's just another one of those where God was like, look, I'm trying to 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 get you, Adam, and 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 that might have been my last chance, right? And and fortunately, it finally waked me up. So, um, that's me. And so when you hear me coming from from things, it's because I come from a different perspective than probably a lot of people that that grew up either going to church or grew up in a different environment. Like, I don't know many people that went to high school in Alaska. So I think it's just good to, to hear people's perceptions and where people come from. And so that's my challenge to you guys in life is like, you guys all have awesome testimonies. Even if you grew up going to church and, and you were baptized at, at 11, hey, praise God that you didn't have to go through the same stupidness that I went through. Your testimony is strong. Share your testimony because, man, when we talk about ourselves, we get excited and, and, and it's fun um, and it's uncomfortable, but, but it's just good to know where, where people come from. So it is officially 1015. That's what time's class is over, right? And like I said, I talked all of this class. That will not happen again. Uh, I expect and hope that you guys will talk. But I appreciate you listening. And, and again, I hope that A, now you know where I'm coming from. And B, like, hopefully my story encouraged you. Or if you're struggling, you can talk to me. Like, I'm terrible about text messages. Ask him. Like, he texted me, I realized, months ago, and I didn't even notice it. And I want to go out to eat with him. And we're going to soon. But I'm bad, but if you guys need, like, let's get together. I'm down the street at John Pittard every day. Come hang out. So, I'm a... Yes. Because we've got, like, one minute. I know the last time you shared your testimony, you said something about the gentlemen that were in the group, and you talked a lot about that. And it just kind of stuck with me. There's so, I mean, there's so many, and, and one thing that I always share, and we just don't have time, is my fellowship of Christian athletes story, because, like I said, I was a jerk, and, and there was a group of guys that were like Christian athletes in Juneau, Alaska, which is not very common, and uh, I was mean to them, and they always were nice to me. And, and, and I, some, I'll share that story sometime, but, but that always stuck with me. That, you know, regardless of what a jerk I was, like I said, God put so many people in my life, it took me like almost dying to open my eyes because I am hard headed. All right, thank y'all. Um, have a great day, and I look forward to like a couple months with you guys.